You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Making Money Online is sponsored by Nicola J. Rowley PR, helping entrepreneurs and brands get visible through strategic storytelling. If you're serious about being seen and impacting the lives of others, harnessing the power of PR is the best way to grow and scale your business. Visit njrpr.com for more details and read Nicola's best-selling book, The Power of PR. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode. So today we're venturing into intuition and a bit more of the psychic side of things, which I know is quite rare, but you know me, I'm even though I'm not very like what you would call spiritual myself, I'm really interested in all of it. Um, always have been. I was the person when I was a kid that was always the one reading the books about the unexplained, watching all of the things about psychics, like this kind of thing has always really interested me. So I'm really excited to have an amazing guest on today, who you would think by the job that she did would also be pretty cynical about this kind of stuff. So I have with me today, Ange de Lumiere, and Ange helps entrepreneurs create success on their terms by using their intuition to make really smart decisions. So welcome to the podcast, Ange. Oh, thank you so much for having me today, Lisa. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. I'm going to get straight into it with you. So let's just boil it down. You were a lawyer. Yeah. Like lawyers generally uh, use their left brain. They're not generally known for being using their intuition too much or using more spiritual, more psychic abilities very much. You know, where were you when you started to realize that actually there was more to it than you being able to make decisions just based on logic alone? I just want to wedge in that I wasn't just a lawyer. I was a mergers and acquisition lawyer. So <laughs> like right, right in, into it. Really big way. So it actually started, I, I, I said to you uh, before we started this episode with a dream about my sister. I had a dream when I was studying law. I was in a little student room in Paris because I'm from Paris and there's little student rooms at the top of buildings. And I had a dream that she got pregnant. And I was like, wondering whether I should even tell her because it was so out there. And I decided to do it anyway, because I was like, it's just a dream. I can just say it's a dream. And by the time I knocked on her door and told her, she said, oh my God, thank God you told me. I forgot my pill last night. So <laughs> I literally saved her from a pregnancy that I knew she wouldn't have wanted at that time. She knew she was still very young and she wasn't in a very stable relationship either. But of course, because I had never heard about intuition and I didn't consider myself intuitive, I squashed it down. And then it caught up with me because I did a gap year in Canterbury as a law student. I was in an Erasmus program and I studied law there. And I met, you know how all international students have um, a week, they come a week ahead of the uh, UK yeah. students. Yeah. And we had a big dinner in, a, in the hall, it's Elliot's Hall actually, I still remember. I was sat opposite this American girl who was doing media studies. I didn't even know what media studies were back then. And it was so funny. And sadly, she had um, come for her gap here with the sad news that she left her brother behind her in a coma. So it had been a really hard decision for her to come and do her gap here, not knowing you know, if her brother was going to make it or anything else. And when she told me that, I, I went to the phone so she could call her parents that night. And then I went to sleep and I had a dream again. 
And in that dream, I saw her brother and he was he kept telling me, tell my sister, I'm going to be fine. Tell her I'm going to be fine. And I was like, okay, okay. And then the next morning at breakfast, you know, we were in the hall and I was like, no way I'm going to tell her. What if I give her false hope? You know, this and is you'd only just met her. I know. I only met her the night before. <laughs> and, but I, I did it anyway, because I thought, you know, I, I can just say it's a dream. And you know how Americans are? I love them to bits. She just started jumping up and down and kissing me and saying, oh my God, thank you so much. And I was like, mortified. It made me feel worse than I hadn't told her. To cut a long story short, that evening, she went to call her parents and literally learned the news that her brother has snapped out of coma. And when she showed me the picture of her brother, he was the guy in the dream. I squashed it down again. She told everyone in the bar. (laughs) And I was like hiding, you know, trying to (laughs) shave the walls, as we say in French, just so nobody would ask me any questions. Because I was a law student, you know, that this didn't fit into my world at all. And still today, if you ask me, are you psychic? I will tell you no. Okay. But I guess the pièce de résistance, as we say in French, was when I did an internship in a legal department when I came back from Canterbury, actually. And what happened is one night I had, I was lucky to be paid as an internship and as an intern. I don't know if it's um, the same in, in the UK, but in France, usually you do it for free. Yeah, so my, my big thing is books and music. And I decided I was going to go to, it's like an institution in Paris, La FNAC, where you can buy music and everything. It's a bit like the Virgin Megastore, but it was books and music. Yeah. And I had, you know, I was in the metro and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go and do some shopping. And at the last moment, I changed my mind. And that's completely against my nature. Like, I'm, I'm so predictable. It's almost boring. But that day, I could not take myself down that, that, you know, out of the metro. I just went straight home to my parents. And that night at eight o'clock, I discovered that at the precise moment I was going to walk past those doors, there was a bomb that exploded there and killed seven people and injured 55. Wow. And, and again, I squashed it. I was like, I didn't tell anyone. I was just spooked. I but I knew- you must have known at this point that this couldn't be that coincidental. I, I couldn't cope with it mentally. I wasn't equipped. I had no mentor around me. I actually had one mentor, but she refused to be there for me. It was my grandmother. She was psychic, and I didn't know that until my sister told me years later. Because my, my well, I'm not going to say my gift because I believe everyone is intuitive, but I guess my intuition just wouldn't leave me alone. Yeah. And later on, I found out that my grandmother actually used to do tarot readings for people, more like a side thing. It was more like a, you know, a party trick because she'd be given a, a deck by someone who saw the gift in her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, that's the ancient time. Now you can just go to a shop and buy a, a, a deck of tarot cards if you want to. So I had no mentor. And for me, because I have no framework, I just couldn't cope with it. So what did you do? At what point did this turn around for you and you decided you needed to start listening? So what happened is around the year 2000, I decided to leave my husband, but it was very tricky for me to leave that relationship. And I was offered a job in London, which I thought was the perfect opportunity to kind of wedge myself out. I pretended we were going to rebuild our lives in London. So he was very excited about my new job, et cetera, et cetera. And I guess I, it was such a big decision that I went to see a psychic that was recommended to me and ask her, you know, is it okay for me to move to London? Because I was moving away from my, my, the grandparents, my husband, obviously, but also my entire support system. And she said, you'll be fine. Just go, go. It'll be great. And she was right. It was great. That woman had actually, I, it wasn't the first time I asked her questions. I had been going to her 
for about 18 months to two years. And I started becoming fascinated by the way she worked. And I wanted to understand how does this whole thing work? And because, you know, I had done studies in my life before, it's almost like I went on a, I call it my PhD in intuition. So from there, I went to every opportunity to see psychics whenever I could. And they all said the same thing to me. They said lots of things, but the one, one thing that was common in all of them is that you should be doing what I'm doing. And I was like, no. It's so funny. Your, what story, I'm your story is so funny because it mirrors my own. Does it? Yeah, which I don't really talk about, but I have seen, usually as a joke, three psychics, three mediums actually in my life people had bought them for me so for instance one of them was just in my my hindu my sister rented these two big houses and in one of the houses she she hired a medium and tarot card reader and it was going to be fun like each one of us was going to go into this other house and have our card reading and come back and everybody went in and came back and they were all having good fun and I'd felt spooked from the second that I walked in the door (laughs) and then I walked into this woman and said, oh, you can do a card reading. And she said, well, there's no point me doing one on you, is there? But I mean, you, you have the gift. You can do this yourself. And I was like, no, because I don't want to have. So I was like, no, absolutely not. And she said, but every time you go up the stairs in the other house, you're creeped out. And I'm like, yeah. And she was like, that's because Mike's sitting on the stairs trying to get your attention and you're ignoring him. And I was like, don't tell me that. And I was freaked out the whole rest of the time I was in there. I was freaked out and wouldn't go near the stairs because of Mike. But so many people have told me the same thing. Um, so it's really interesting to hear you say, like, you kept squashing and you kept ignoring yeah, it. I kept ignoring it because it didn't fit into my world. And also, it was ultimately the thing that exploded my book. Because at one point... It was actually when I was pregnant with my third child, I lost my job as a lawyer. And I had no choice. Like, it's almost like the, universe, the, the corporate world spit me out because I didn't fit anymore. So from there, I gave myself permission to look into that, finally. So I plucked up the courage to sign up for um, a fair. And the only person who came to have a reading with me, I had my baby in the sling. Literally, he was like two months old. And it was a psychic again. And she... Which really, really scared me. But she said she was very happy with it. So I took it as a sign that I just had to bite the bullet and just do what I was told. Yeah. So the following October, I remember this was in the spring, I tried to get into my local mind, body, spirit fair. And by then I had a couple of psychic friends that I'd met in various, you know, places. And they said to me, you'll never get in there. It's really hard. The girl is a dragon. The woman who organizes these fairs, she's just, she just has her faces. And I was like, oh, okay. And then five, five to five, I still remember to this day, it was a Friday at five to five, I had this impulse to call her, which I do. And she literally had hung up the phone seconds before someone had to cancel their table because they were <laughs> ill. And that's how I got in. It's so funny that if you use your intuition in that way, like things yeah. just line up for you. So with what you do now, do you teach other people how to kind of listen more to yeah. their intuition? Yeah. So this is the thing is that I want to go back on what we were talking about, about having the gift, because I consider that psychics maybe have the gift, but everybody's intuitive a little bit like we can all walk with our legs, but some people can run really fast and take parts in, in athletes, you know, marathons or the Olympics, Yeah, but we all have legs. So what we need to understand when we learn about our own intuition is that it will speak differently to each one of us. And so the trick is to learn how your intuition speaks to you. 
And that's why on my podcast, I have guests every four weeks that tell about their story of intuition. And I'd love to have you on my podcast if you want to. No, I'm not sure I'm very good at intuition. <laughs> well, you know what? There's one of my guests. She didn't think she was a 20 at all. By the end of the interview, she was like, ah, that's what it is. That's how it works for me. Yeah. She called it something completely different, but it doesn't matter what you call it. As long as you're what matters is that you know when it when it works. Mm. So this is this is how we just we started this conversation almost before we we talked on the podcast because I sent you an email to say what's in common between Steve Jobs, Richard Branson, and Oprah Winfrey? They all talk about intuition. They do, yeah. But they don't teach about it because they don't have to because they're in business and they do their own thing. Yeah. And that's where I kick in. That's where I I want everyone. I want to teach everyone how to tune into their intuition and. I have a four-step process that's really simple that can help you to get answers from your intuition. Because what happens is most of the time our intuition kicks in when it's really important. And then if we don't listen, it goes, the volume gets louder and louder and louder. But the rest of the time in business, when it's not as crucial, when it's not a danger or something really important, we can just ignore it and go, go on with our normal day. So how do you tune into your intuition when when it's not talking to you and you want it, it will to. still help you like yeah. even in the smaller decisions I guess exactly or in every single one if you want to so there's a four-step process and I'd love to share it with your audience if you're happy with yeah, it yeah please do the first one is to do a mind dump on a piece of paper because we have so many questions that float in our head that our mind is cluttered so you write everything down and then you look at the piece of paper and see if there's one question on the paper that stands out that's your question you're going to focus on, right? So once you've found that, you write it on a piece of paper. Then you ask your intuition to give you the answer. And then you forget about it. Then you go and do your washing up, or you go and drive, or you go running, or you do something that you can do on autopilot. And this is where having been trained as a clinical hypnotherapist really helps to help people understand their intuition. Because I know how to get people into trance. When people get into trance, they're more likely to receive the answers. That's when they're relaxed and that, that's when they don't focus on it too much. No, their subconscious takes over. Yeah. But then, of course, you need to pay attention. And that's something that's really hard because we, we live in a distraction society. So we need to have, to see a lot of psychics or people who teach psychic gifts go into the sort of games and it's never worked for me. For me, it's much more important for you to pay attention to what's around you. You know, there's a little... Those little games where you have two pictures and you spot the difference. Yeah. That's much more important to your intuition than going into trying to guess, you know, what color sweater someone's I'm good at those games. I'm good at this. (laughs) You're good? (laughs) Then go for it. (laughs) I'm talking maybe for those who don't feel that they're as good. Yeah. And I I think the interesting thing about intuition is one of the things that you've said that really resonates with me is that people call it different things and they might not even know it's intuition. So like throughout my whole life, intuition has been taught to me in different ways. So I grew up a Mormon and in the Mormon religion, they talk about this feeling that you have this, what they call the Holy Spirit that is going to tell you, warn you away from danger. And, you know, I've had people in that, that church, in that religion that said to me, much like yourself, that they were going to go somewhere. And then almost if they listen hard enough, it almost sounds like a voice, but it isn't. It's just it's just a knowledge that they need to not do something. And then it's come to pass that they've not done something. And maybe there's been a road traffic accident there where yeah. exactly where they would have been, exactly what you said. And 
people in that religion are very good at listening to the Holy Spirit and, you know, what, what we might call intuition at the end of the day. And so people do call it lots of different things. Like everybody, if you really listen, we all get feelings about yeah. people, places, yeah. things. We get feeling, we might not call it intuition, but we get a feeling that makes us feel a certain way. I've been in houses where I immediately feel like I don't, it doesn't matter how light and how lovely the house is, I will immediately want to be out of that house. I yeah. think that's intuition. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, I know we're not going to have time to talk about it on the podcast, but I can deconstruct it completely because I have the training from clinical hypnotherapy, from being a Reiki master and from being, you know, a tarot reader for more than 10 years. So, but the thing is, I didn't learn it from somebody else because I feel like a lot of the people who teach intuition rehearse something that's been said by someone else. Yeah. And for me, intuition is so in at least um, personal because your intuition is going to speak to you through your entire symbolism and everything, all your filters and your entire culture background, whether it's your personal culture, whether it's your you know, like the UK culture or the universal culture, because there's universal symbols, your intuition is going to use all of that to make it mean exactly what you need to know. It's the same as with dream dictionaries. I've never really gelled with them because actually your dream means something very specific to you. Yeah. And how Freud looked at it uh, has nothing to do with you. It, it, you have to find your own compass and your own. So it's actually an exploration of your entire belief system that you need to do to understand your world what it means for you I quite like that because one of the things that has never really fit well with me when we talk about things like dream books and you know what this tarot card means or what this means is that how can it mean that for so many people it's a bit like horoscopes like when they oh, say that's why oh, I don't like astrology yeah you know like vision holds yeah. this person is like you are going to have a win this week and it's like okay so like a 12th, <laughs> like one in 12 of the population are going to have a win this week. And it has never really felt comfortable to me. But when you see things through your own lens and what it could mean to you, which is completely different to what that might mean to somebody else, then actually that makes a lot of sense. But then most people don't have self-awareness. So it takes a long journey for them to actually know themselves. Now, this is where the tarot is an amazing tool because it's almost like a mirror. It will reflect back to you whatever you need to know. So if I pull a card right now, which I wanted to do for a while. Oh, on me. Are we doing it on me? Card, I'm excited. It's the Ace of Cups, right? Yeah, I can see that. Ace of Cups. What stands out for you in that card? What is it that catches your eye? The symbol on the cauldron in whatever the thing is. Okay. So that's three moons. Yeah. Now, I have no idea why you, your attention is caught to that. But whatever you see in this, that's a message for you. This okay. card will mean something completely different to you maybe tomorrow or in a different context. And, yeah. and it's just, it's just, it's sort of um, a meditative thing where you're like, oh, okay, what is this? I even take people through an exercise where I ask them to imagine that they open a door, get in the card, walk around and see if they, they meet someone or if there's something happens through visualization. There's so much potential in it than trying to listen to your intuition and it's like it's gone for lunch you know like oh where is it <laughs> yeah like I'm, I'm waiting for an answer here and nobody's saying me anything so yeah. have you completely given up law to do this 
I have more because I didn't want to train as a solicitor and I couldn't practice in this country as a French lawyer. Okay. But see what I, instead of invest, well, I have invested in your program now and I'm absolutely loving it. But uh, in 2017, I invested nearly 8,000 pounds in, in a program to take my intuition to the next level wow. by someone who said I was psychic and I, I still don't believe her. But it, to, to the level where I felt I could stand behind what I was doing. Yeah. Because I feel there's an enormous responsibility that comes with whatever you do in this field. And, and a moment after I invested in that program, I was shown I was, I was supposed to go back into the corporate world oh. to bring all the gifts, that everything that I've understood to literally combine intelligence with intuition which is called I love the expression it's intuitive intelligence which is what a lot of business people have anyway yeah but this is something you can learn and I want I want it to become mainstream you know imagine if every lawyer functioned at the highest possible level that they could because they were tuned in tapped in you know turned on to something bigger bigger than them imagine if every accountant was on that state if every every doctor every so I, I had to leave the corporate world because I couldn't combine the two but I feel the world is ready now for that knowledge to come back in do you find that there are barriers that you that people aren't open to this I think a lot of people admit it like they wouldn't admit it on your podcast but they will if you start talking about things they'll say oh yes I had this experience once and this and that but I want this to become mainstream so that people don't feel that they have to like literally carve that a part of them from from their experience yeah and I, I think maybe completely normal I think the way to do that is what you're doing is with combining it how you're combining it and rather than making it some kind of really weird out there thing that people struggle to kind of get on board with is but you know almost not calling it intuition and I wish there was another word for it because as soon as you hear intuition you kind of think of it as spiritual when whereas actually this is in us and yeah. it's probably in us from cavemen days as a warning. It's a, it's a protection mechanism. Mm. Yeah. And, and the reason it's, it's, so there's several levels of intuition. The most basic level is to keep you alive. And that's the level that will tell you not to go somewhere. And then if someone tells you, oh, don't be silly, but you say, no, I'm sorry, I'm feeling too tired, I'm going home. And then your friend goes and sadly, yeah. Yeah. That's happened to some people. Um, then there's a middle level, which is, through the heart, I believe. I believe intuition comes through the heart. And then for psychics, then it comes through whatever they call it, the third eye, and it's, it's more elaborate. And it has a lot of senses that come into it. That makes yeah. any sense. Yeah, it does. It's really interesting. It, it, we need to make it mainstream. We need to make it normal. We need people to understand. And my ultimate goal is to put intuition on the curriculum of, of school, like primary school, all the way to universities. Because imagine, you know, most of the inventions whether it's in business or, or in, in you know, technology or in science, have been made by people who had an open mind enough to think things that had never been thought before. That's true. But how do you think they receive these, these, these thoughts or these, these ideas? Yeah. Some people call it creativity. So I could call it creativity. And, and maybe when I go full corporate, I'll say, I'm here to allow your right brain to have some fun. Yeah. yeah? Like balance you out with more white brain activity. But ultimately, I'd like people not to feel shy about talking about their intuition. You know, my, my ideal world would be one where the CEO would sit at that, you know, 
the board, uh, you know, the, the, the board in the boardroom and say, um, okay, we've got the data. Okay, but the data is a bit dated because it's obviously is the more you live in a volatile and, and unpredictable world, the more data doesn't mean that much. And where they would ask their financial decor, okay, from the data, you get that. But what does your intuition tell oh, you? Do you? Yeah. Uh, some places do do that. I mean, we talk about that in my business quite a lot. Like, yes, this is what we're seeing, but what are you feeling? What are you feeling? And um, wow. we'll often come to a different decision than the data gives us because of what we are feeling. And I guess that's the kind of intuition. It's interesting that you talk about kids and putting it in schools because I think kids pick up on stuff much quicker than we do. Oh, yeah. Because they don't have to unlearn anything like we do. Exactly. We have, I, look at me. I had years of conditioning to accept something that is completely natural to all of us. Yeah. So, and people- most of us adults will have to go through that. Yeah, we will have to. So if people want to come and learn how to use their intuition in a better way, where is the best place for them to find you? I'm on Facebook with the Intuitive Revolution in Business with Ange. I have a Facebook group um, called uh, the Intuitive Revolution for Brilliant Entrepreneurs. And um, I have also a wonderful quiz. <laughs> I don't know if I should send you the link. Yeah, um, do, do. We'll put it in the show notes. Find out your intuitional profile. So there's between baby, toddler, teenager, and adult. And then you'll know if you, if you can really use your intuition in business. You can get from toddler, obviously, or baby to all the way to adult with training, but some people will go straight into the adult category. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you did. I'm going to do it. Send me the quiz. Yes, I'll send you the quiz. <laughs> it's really fun. There's nothing serious going on here, right? You can start playing with small things. You can do it with bigger things. But I know from all the guests that I've had on my podcast, which is probably now close to 30, that when you don't listen to your intuition, it tells you not to do something. It can cost you thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of pounds, of, you know, hard cash. That you no, lose. I can even, believe it. Even though it looks perfect on paper, or maybe you've been recommended an expert that is the top in their industry, and you have that gut feeling that there's something wrong, but you don't have the confidence to stand up to it. That's happened to me in my first year in business. I'm sorry to hear that, but that happens all the time. And that's what I, I, I want to stop that. Yeah. I want people to trust their intuition more than they trust an expert. Yeah, amazing. Well, hopefully people come over and see how they can do that. I'm definitely going to take your quiz. I will put the quiz in the show notes as well um, so that people can have a go and see where they are. But thank you so much for coming on here today. It's been really an interesting chat always interested in these kind of things because we see it around us all the time so it's really nice to see the actual the physical scientific side to why these things happen and why we feel these things so thank you for being here thank you so much for having me and I think my lawyer's background has served me a purpose before I felt almost like I denied I felt ashamed that I had been a lawyer but I feel it's completely part of my purpose there's there's no coincidence there so that I can be more grounded and have an approach that feels doesn't feel out there, you know, because you can lose it really quickly yeah. when you, you get into that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right. Fabulous. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. And I will be back next week with another podcast about making money online. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.